0: probably the two things that most critical that we are focused on is speed and accuracy Mm -hmm. those those two things are really what set somebody off what's up zach oates here
1: author entrepreneur and customer relationship guru welcome to give an ovation growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by David McDougal. Now, I hope you're sitting down and ready for this intro because this guy has almost 40 years of restaurant experience. He started with Denny's, then VP of Ops for Cinnabon, then Olive Focus, then Nexen, which uh, is Great American Cookies, Pretzel Maker, Marble Slab, um, and Maggie Moo's, with over 1,200 locations. He then led the turnaround as president and CEO of Backyard Burgers before coming over to your pie franchising, where he is currently the CEO. And David, that is quite a career, man.
0: Well, listen, Zach, it's been a lot of fun, have met many, many great people along the way, including yourself. And, uh, you know, I always say the restaurant business is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) <laughs> but 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 it is a a business that is it's about relationships, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's just again, it, it kind of evolved that way. So I just feel fortunate and feel fortunate for many of uh, the people that were part of my success and helping me grow and develop, and certainly uh, trying to do the same for the for the folks that uh, that I work with today.
1: Yeah, and you you've had not just a, a great career, but a great career. In very delicious brands, and you are still a very fit guy i don 't know how you manage that, especially I, you know everyone tells me about the Focus fifteen that when you when you start working at focus, everyone puts on fifteen pounds because <laughs> there's so much good food
0: how, well, How'd you stay so fit man uh, I'll give the credit to my wife because she's very good about pointing out if things are starting to get a little out of whack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A little honesty never hurt anyone.
0: Yeah. She just goes, I want you to be around a while. So, uh, you know, (laughs) and not not a while round, right? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about Your Pie. Well, uh, Your Pie Franchising, a company that is based here in Atlanta, Georgia. We have 77 locations uh, currently open, have 40 in development. Uh, We are a fast casual, quote, down-the-line pizza concept uh, that was founded in 2008. uh, The founder is Drew French, and this was a vision that he had and an inspiration he got while vacationing or on his honeymoon in Italy. And uh, he developed the concept in Athens, Georgia. Uh, Athens is really kind of the heartbeat of where your pie is from and has so much to do with the culture that that. Exists in the company, and even today, the first location uh, still is owned and operated by Drew. Drew also works in the franchising company, um, but but our business is really about franchising, uh, Zach. And you know, unlike being an operating company, today we currently don't have any uh, stores that we operate. We work to support our franchise owners, work to enhance the brand, and how we can enable profitability
1: really no corporate locations?
0: Not at this time. I, I will say that it is certainly a desire of mine to have some, and in time we will. Uh, it just happens to be today we don't. And But I think it is important to have some corporate locations that you're managing a PL like your owners are, and you're able to identify and really understand the things that they're dealing with, Uh you know at the same time. So and and plus
1: uh, I'm sure you have a, a very empty plate and lots of free time to run some <laughs> restaurants.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't say that. I just know again, you know, to to operate restaurants, it is it's very hard work. It, it takes a full-time commitment. Uh, and you got to make sure you got the, the right teams in place to do it well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's a, same thing from like a technology perspective is, you know, I obviously can't be working in a restaurant, but having all the years of restaurant experience that I did it, it you can tell the, the tech companies that have people that are restaurant folks in it and ones that don't, you know, because you it's true, you, yeah. you really got to feel the pain and um, understand what's going on because, it's very different running a pizza joint today than it was 10 years ago, right? And so well, keeping up to date on that is critical.
0: No, and, and I, I tell folks all the time that, you know, the restaurant business is a lot of fun. But at the same time, I also coach folks, you know, especially folks looking to get in the restaurant business to understand that you can make a lot of money and or lose a lot of money in a hurry in the restaurant business
1: (laughs) totally well i mean going back to that what is to all your experience that you had what is something you wish you would have known starting off
0: um the the, really the the importance of people that that you cannot run a business without a great team and the value of when you have really good people keeping them and being able to do the things to support them so that, that they stay. Uh, th- that is something I, I continue even to this day, just uh, at first really didn't maybe understand that, uh, especially as a, a young manager, you know, coming up the ranks. But today it's, you just look at that as being such a critical factor for the success of, of any business, let alone any restaurant.
1: What, what are some things that you found successful to keep people?
0: Um, you know, first and foremost is listen. Wait, sorry,
1: I I missed that. What were you saying? It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, to listen to what their needs are, what they're looking for, what they want to you know what are why are they there? Uh, communicating, you know, making sure that that you keep them informed of kind of what's going on, and then I think the the other thing is is those that desire to want to assume more responsibility helping them get there, letting them do, mm-hmm. learn new things and learn new skills. I mean, I think about myself as a entry-level dishwasher back in the day. And, and I, I, again, always thought, well, I'm going to be the very best dishwasher I can be because then I want to be a cook. And, and it's allowing people that opportunity to be able to grow and, and learn, uh, by taking on additional responsibilities.
1: And is there anything that you've found successful with, sussing out what does somebody really want because a lot of times it's kind of hard to tell right like it's it's hard to know what do people really want i I remember seeing i was in mesquite nevada uh driving through i don't know i don't know if anyone that goes there but i was driving through and i stopped at a mcdonald's and there was a sign there and it said um start stop here on your way to there you know, work at McDonald's until you find something else. Like it was interesting because the way that they obviously mesquite, it's not a place that a lot of people go there to build a career, but people will go there for school. They'll go there for a little while. And um, it was just a really interesting ad. And I, and I, at first I was like, Oh, that's short-sighted. But then I was like, no, that's them knowing their audience. That's them knowing what do the majority of people want there. So anyway, in, in terms of how you've been able to understand what do people want? Any, any tips for our listeners on that?
0: Well, I I think the reality is is most folks who who work in the, in, in the food business typically aren't going to make a career out of it, That, that it's a stopping point. They have other goals and objectives and it's a way for them at least to earn income to support whether it's going to school or whatever their, you know, responsibilities that they have. And, and, uh, And I think that that's kind of first and foremost is just knowing, you know, this isn't for everybody Uh, at the same time, while they are there, it's being able to allow them the opportunity to grow, to show, you know, take on leadership responsibilities, become a supervisor, you know, interacting and dealing with customers. Um, You know, one thing I think in today, you know, day and age that, I I wish everyone could have at least the opportunity to work in a service business for at least some short period of time just to understand, you know, what it's like on the front line, whether it's a retail business, a restaurant business, hospitality, uh, and, and dealing with other people and dealing with customers and trying to certainly do everything you can to ensure that they're happy.
1: And I think that happiness, a lot of it comes down to having really fluid and and seamless operations, and that's something that you've made a huge impact in your career in the operation side of things. what What's something that you've seen? What are some mistakes that you see restaurants making operationally?
0: Well, I, again, I think sometimes you know, just asking people to do too much, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not having clear divisions of responsibility. Uh, making sure that, you know, the old saying, ace is in their places, but, but also making sure that there's a, a daily shift plan and, and people know where they're supposed to be that day or for that shift and the role that they're there to fill versus everyone just kind of, you know, helping out, but there's no real coordination or organization. And, and, and having systems and procedures um, that are clearly defined and understood really is what what is the difference maker i think for a well-run operation or one that runs kind of chaotically
1: yeah yeah i think those systems it's really hard to put that in place and so as you look at kind of especially with uh backyard burger really curious what are some of the things that you did in backyard burger to to turn that around
0: well uh first and foremost i went out and talked to we had a about 30 company locations and then also had it was about 50% franchised and 50% company but but the first thing i did was reach out and go visit each of the general managers to talk to them about just what their current situation was what were they what did they need what what did they need Got it. us to help support them and we had a lot of maintenance issues and broken equipment issues and well you know, for a company that's in bankruptcy you don't have a lot of resources CapEx
1: to go out there yeah <laughs> but
0: but 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 there was there was quite a few things that could be done and and at least to try to make sure that they had the two, mostly the tools they needed to be able to take care of their customers. Um, mm-hmm. The other part of that from the franchise perspective was was meeting with and talking with each of the owners to understand, what What were they looking for? What kind of support did they need, and what had they been getting or not getting, and what was their kind of perspective or perception of of the franchising company? so um, but but and then probably another critical thing that that we did with with the company side is we put a bonus program in place, uh, a bonus program that again, certainly measured uh, and rewarded increasing sales, you know, managing their their expenses. Uh, but not making it so out of reach that from the day you introduced it, everyone's like, well, this will never happen. Yeah, uh, We had something that, that, that folks felt they could achieve. And, and, and it was paid on a pretty frequent basis so that once we started getting, getting some momentum and sales started to increase, um, it was very rewarding to see the number of people, the number of general managers that were bonusing.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Because you, you, know, you want to make it difficult, but attainable, right? Right. Because uh, right. otherwise it becomes so demotivating, so demotivating when month after month, nothing's happening, no one's getting paid and you've never gotten it. And it seems just like, yeah, I, I love that. Um, one thing that's really interesting though, is that you've spent a lot of your, your entire career with uh, franchise organizations. So, let's let's kind of like rewind the clock here imagine that you um were kind of getting started and let's say instead of going the denny's route that you actually opened up a few of your restaurants and you're at three four or five restaurants that you're owning and uh, someone approaches you to franchise w- what do you think like do you franchise do you not franchise
0: well i again i've, I've had the opportunity to to coach and mentor entrepreneurs who debate that question. Um, the, the the first thing is just, do you really have a, a replicatable model? I mean, is this something that you could replicate not only in the general area that you exist, you know, the restaurants exist today, but then as you kind of go outside the county, outside the state, um, is it going to have have the same kind of legs to be able to to repeat success. And, Mm -hmm. and that's assuming that what the five, six that you have are successful. Uh, that's usually a pretty good indication. I always say if you can get to three and you're having success with three and they're kind of geographically dispersed, that's a pretty good sign. That's a pretty good starting place. The other thing is just having well-documented documented procedures and systems. Yeah. Um, and that sometimes is something that a lot of entrepreneurs they just it's kind of in their head. Yeah, and, a pinch of this, feet, dash of that, a little bit <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. And 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 when you franchise, you have to be much more clear about just not only here's the the, the policies or the procedures, but step by step how that needs to be done. Um, and and that can be pretty time consuming, and, but but it is needed if you're going to get out there and and sell franchises, but. But probably, Zach, one of the, the main things that I'll, I'll say is I'll ask, well, how thick skin are you? And I'll usually get, well, what, what are you talking about? Well, and usually I'll just share the, the day you franchise, the day you sell uh, a franchise to someone is now you've got someone in time that's going to come and look at you and start giving you suggestions and advice mm-hmm. or tell you maybe you don't know what you're doing. And how, how patient are you to maybe have to deal with that? And a lot of entrepreneurs don't have the patience for bringing some, you know, someone in, bringing a, a franchise in, and then starting to get criticism, feedback about the things that they're not doing or not doing right. And, and, and that is a, a piece of franchising, just it goes with the territory. And you have to understand that once someone has written you a check and sign that agreement, and now is paying you a royalty. Um, they, they, they do have certainly every every right to kind of say what's on their mind. Whether you you may not agree with it, but but you've just got to be sometimes you got to be open to hearing it.
1: Yeah, love that. So, what, what do you think the most important aspect about guest experiences
0: nowadays? Well, it, it's interesting. It's it's definitely evolved. Zach, um, you know, when you think about a brand, we tend to think brick and mortar. We tend to think, you know, the experience of seeing when you drive by and then you come into the parking lot, walk in the door. Today, for us, over half of our customers are are using us digitally, and so managing that digital impression and experience is so so important because you know again if they don't have a good experience on you know using your your um rewards app or your online ordering system or even using a third party uh delivery service they will be driving right by next week and going well I'm not going to stop there I mean I didn't have a good experience and so the whole digital uh evolution that that has occurred in the restaurant uh industry Particularly with the onset of the pandemic, is really changing how brands, you know, have to pay attention not only to what's going on with, you know, the brick and mortar, but you know, in the store that you're the physical store, but also just your whole digital presence and reputation. and And the things probably the two things that most critical that we are focused on is speed and accuracy. Mm. Those those two things are really what set somebody off. If one, they sh- show up, or a, a three third party delivery driver shows up, and the order's not ready. And two, when they get the order, take it home, or it gets delivered, it's not right. There's oh my gosh! Missing. I
1: ordered pepperoni, and I got olives. It's
0: like, <laughs> oh, and and it just and. You know, the other part it's just very annoying and, and irritating for customers when that happens. And then, you know, even to have to go through if you do decide to call back to the restaurant or and, and try to deal with it, it just it it can be aggravating. And, yeah. and you know, because and, and one of the things I talk a lot about is, you know, what is is the experience memorable in a positive way or not <laughs>
1: yeah and i think james walker i've had him on the on the podcast before he's with nathan's famous and he talks about it being uh memorable craveable and instagrammable right where it, it needs to it needs to have that because if it's if it's not then you know it's kind of like mm, vanilla blends in with everything else and well, and the go oh, go ahead david
0: oh i well i just you, you made me think i recently read a book written by Arthur Blank, one of the founders of Home Depot called the books called good company. But one of the things that, that, that he expressed in there, and it's just stuck with me is experiences are what people remember. Yes, And I think, wow, experiences are what people remember. And, and it's, I mean, it's so true and, and whether it's in a good way or in in a, not in a good way, experiences are what we all remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You you forget what you ordered. You remember how you feel. And I think that one of the, one of the uh, you know, for those people who are like, Oh man, speed and accuracy, like we struggle with that. Here's the thing that we found is data shows that if there is a service failure and you handle it well, prompt and personally, then they are more likely to become a loyal customer than if there wasn't a service failure in the first place. So yep. it's it's not about yes, you want to make sure that you you minimize the mess ups, um, but then make it right. And yep. and you have a, a really good avenue of success there. And speaking of success, what are some successful things that you've seen or tried lately?
0: Well, I, I think you know, for us has really been ramping up our whole digital platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was really out of necessity, obviously. But it has shown as a revenue stream, uh, that, you know, what, what the potential, what the upside potential and the reach is beyond just a, you know, location, you know, on a street corner yeah. and, uh, but it has changed the way that we do business and we're right now needing, you know, we're addressing that both with the store layout, um, you know, how do we make sure we more efficiently handle the, the takeout delivery, curbside pickup, uh, what it's done, in, you know, to the, the kitchen area? You know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, the whole kind of phenomenon of the down the line pizza where you can come in and, you know, you pick your dough, you pick your sauce, cheese, proteins, and you create your own personalized pizza the way that you like it, the things that are favorites for you. Uh, And and that was what really drove fast casual pizza. But, but since the pandemic that's changed, particularly when people couldn't come into the store Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really for us, you know, we were considered an essential service. So we, we did stay open, but everything was really being done uh, for the most part online. and, and that has been been something that are did we get better at it absolutely a lot better are do we still have room to improve absolutely i mean we we continue you know and it it it's just one of those things that um you just to do it well and then coming up and looking for different procedures and systems to help make it easier for the opera, operators to execute love that
1: and who, who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry today? Who are some people that we should follow?
0: Well, I, uh, Brian Nichols over there at uh, Chipotle, I think has done a phenomenal job and is certainly leading the way. I mean, if you, you think back a few years ago and some of the challenges Chipotle had and well, mm-hmm. the brand and the food certainly got high marks. They were really on the ropes and, and I just kind of watched in awe what they've done and, with menu development, new products, with with positioning and marketing, uh, have done a really, really good job. Uh, another person that, that's local here in Atlanta is Paul Brown. And you know I, I, I got to meet Paul or I met Paul when he was the CEO of Arby's. And um, Arby's was another company that, I mean, a lot of people had just counted out that they were oh, yeah. headed right out of business. And Paul got in there and put a great team together and they really got that turned around and, uh, you know, with new restaurant design, just cleaned up the stores, improved the service levels, uh, came up with some, you know, obviously new new food items and mm-hmm. then some great, great marketing campaigns. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've,
1: we've got the meats. And who who would have thought that Arby's would be, a, the Arby's slogan would be in people's heads in 2021, right? Like, I love that. I mean, the, we have the meats, their sliders are great. The only thing, and you know what? I'm gonna reach out to Paul Brown because I'm sure he's got some contacts. Those the junior roast beef sandwiches, though, David, I want them to bring those back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, the, the crazy thing with Paul is that's where he went on and, and created Inspire Brands, which is now one of the largest restaurant companies in the world. So uh, but it all kind of started there with the work he did at at Arby's and then went on to create a a very well-known restaurant holding company called Inspire. <laughs> yeah, which is a
1: great company. Um, yeah.
0: Well, awesome. Well, David, how do people find you, follow you? Well, again, you can certainly look me up on LinkedIn. I, I'm always accepting, uh, you know, new friends on that. And I, I'm not a big poster of, of information, I, I, but I do post occasionally, you know, different things that I think, might be worthy of, of of sharing we just like recently. this podcast <laughs> <laughs> there you go um and and then again we do have the the your Pie instagram handle facebook uh website pages and and we're pretty active we've got a a great uh senior uh, direct senior marketing manager that's focused on digital and and has really helped improve our presence in the digital space as a brand so uh, i go to his name's also zach and uh uh, I've learned a lot from him. Sometimes it makes my head spin, but. <laughs> <laughs> us Zachs can do that. <laughs> well, David, for, I feel like we just
1: got like a tablespoon of an ocean of wisdom. Uh, and so for distilling 40 years down to a 20 minute power packed podcast, today's <laughs> ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us and giving an ovation today.
0: Well, thank you, Zach. I appreciate you having me on. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to
1: the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe.
0: And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.